afternoon, good night to everybody who just might be listening to us today. I am Rich, and this is Divine Dialogue, and we have a very, very, very special guest with us today. World, say hello to Nia Rose. Vibes on a million, always seems to be in good spirits, always seems to kind of be interconnected with like the environment around you. We're so excited to have you in the studio today. And every show we start off the same, like a wellness check. How you doing? How you feeling? How you living? Thank you, Rich. I'm happy to be here. Um, I'm feeling amazing. I can feel everything within me this is crazy um but yeah i'm excited i'm feeling blessed and i'm feeling present yes blessed and present mm-hmm. how about you present. how are you feeling i am blessed i am blessed i feel blessed i feel powerful mm. i feel you know just ready for whatever tomorrow or the rest of today brings to my doorstep you know yeah but yeah man i was just thinking in my head like what are we going to talk about today so many different directions we can go. And then I saw in your story, you asked people, like, what motivates them? Yeah. So I felt like, you know what? The first question I'm going to ask, I'm going to flip the script. Yeah. What motivates Nia Rose? Thank you. You know, I asked that question because this morning I was just feeling overwhelmed. And, you know, it's just so much going on, you know, and we just have access to everything. You have access to all the diseases, all the violence. And, you know, social media is just grind culture or even this, you know, posed positivity culture Mm -hmm. and performance culture. And it's just like, uh, what are we doing it for? You know what I'm saying? Because... Even if you get those successful things and, you know, achieve amazing things, what is it for? And I didn't have the answer this morning. So I just wanted to ask, you know, my following, what are y'all doing it for? Like, what makes y'all wake up? What makes y'all keep going? And I had got a lot of great answers like gratitude, faith, um, higher power, Mm -hmm. um, being better than who I was yesterday, the my loved ones and so I feel like a little bit of all of that purpose my name literally means purpose so I'm like Mm. I'm always searching for my purpose searching how to fulfill my purpose literally in every moment I'm just like praying like God how can you use me you know what I'm saying so I think that's what keeps me going and just knowing that all of the things that I'm feeling are not singular to me yeah. You know, everybody's experiencing that. So out of all the answers you got, did any one stick out to you or you related to more than the others? Definitely gratitude because, you know, I'm very over analytical and I can get trapped inside my mind and it's easy to just get like stuck and everything. And so just gratitude, it literally lifted me when they said that it literally lifted my spirits. Like, Oh, you're right. Like, let me just return to the present moment. You know, gratitude, like you got to be present in right now. It's like, yeah, you see all that stuff in the news, but like what's happening in this moment, in this moment, I can breathe without a machine. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like in this moment, I can speak, I can articulate myself. Like in this moment, I'm loved. My mom's good. My sister's good. My family's good. 
wow, like everything's good. So everything's that, good. And yeah. in this very moment, I have a chance and a choice to do whatever I want to yeah. do in life. Like that's something that is underscored a lot, you know, like we have the opportunity to be. Mm-hmm. An opportunity to be like God says I am. Like I say, <laughs> God says I am. I say I can. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I have the ability. Yeah. And as long as the best availability is ability, long as I have, well, the best ability is availability. Yeah. But with that, with the ability to be present, right? It gives you this opportunity to really take advantage of the time we have here. Like mm-hmm. we got this spin. We got we in this spin cycle. It's our turn on the block. Mm-hmm. It's our turn. Eventually, we're gonna we're gonna pass this thing down. And it's gonna be somebody else's turn to do this thing called life. Mm-hmm. But while I'm here, while I'm walking, I'm gonna make the best I can of it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, for sure. I got in. I, you know, I was talking to a home my homegirl this morning, and um, she was like, "You're just always smiling." Yeah, <laughs> I think I said that to you too. Always smiling and. I was like, look, I grew up, I grew up impoverished, you know. Yeah. This joint is evil. They're trying I, to steal your light. They want someone to smile. I know, right? <laughs> I grew up impoverished, so wow. I re- I learned early that a hard day don't mean don't make a bad day. Mm. You can have a hard day, but that don't make it a bad day. You know, like it, it's honor and hard work. Yeah. Oof. I'm just letting that resonate. A hard day doesn't make a bad day. And, you know, there's power in that, like, this, like distinguishing that because now you are, like, your feeling is different. Because it's all about feeling. Like, mm-hmm. if you're feeling like a failure, your energy just mirrors that. You know what I'm saying? If you're feeling hopeful, your energy mirrors that. So you just telling yourself, like, this is not a bad day. It's hard, but I, I can do it. I can do hard things. Yes. You already just, like... <laughs> Pick yourself up out the muck, you know. Exactly. Don't don't be a don't be your own challenge. I'm definitely my own challenge. <laughs> Most of us are, you know. Definitely Most of us challenge. are, but we we can change the world with with the right attitude. Mm-hmm. With the right attitude about it. I get mad. I get angry, but none of those things are going to impact like joy. Mm. I had a guy, uh, Minister Matthew Riley Senior. I never forget. He taught me the difference between joy and happiness. He said that happiness comes from a Latin word, happenstance, mm. which basically is a form of joy, but a form of joy that is based upon your circumstances. So if you have good circumstances, you're happy. But if your circumstances change, happiness, your happiness changes as well. Yeah. But joy, uh, joy remains constant regardless of circumstance. Yeah. And that's what I try to retain. Like, I try to find joy and pain. What does that feel like, that joy and pain? You know what I'm saying? You lost somebody. What does that joy feel like in that moment? The feeling, though. People be scared to feel. You can't run from the fear. You can't run from the pain. You have to embrace every feeling that you're blessed to have in this world because that's what makes you human. You know, I lost a lot of people and even I had a friend who was telling me about, you know, losing a child and I would read these proverbs that, you know, children have a special power in like this, uh, 
metaphysical world, I'll call mm-hmm. it, right? They have a special file among the ancestors, among the Orishas, among the divine, among the higher power. They have a special role in a special place. And sometimes they stay in that place because they need mm-hmm. to fight for you in that place. It's a it's it's always a light in the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. But you have to search for it. Plato talks about the parable of the cave, but in reality, the dude is so focused on these shadows, all he has to do is turn around. Wow. <laughs> so you, much richness in this conversation already. I'm serious. Like, sometimes you just have to turn around. Sometimes wow. the things you fear is because you've turned your back to them, so you haven't confronted them. Like, I confront pain. Like, Oof. I confront pain. I'm not scared of pain. I'm not scared of hurt. I'm not scared of being sad. Like, Was it I always that it. way? Hell no. So how did you get to that place of like, I'm sorry, I'll be interviewing too, so I'm trying not to ask you. It's all good. I don't want to take the reins. It's a conversation. Rain. This is a divine dialogue. I don't control <laughs> I don't it. want to take the reins. I'm curious, like, what? how did you get to that point of like, it's time for me to face my pain? Um, I had a very traumatic experience when I was like 11 years old where um, I talk about it often, but I got into a really serious car accident. I was a passenger. And I woke up the next day and there was all my family in the hospital looking at me. And I still didn't really realize what happened, but I stopped breathing, all those types of things, blacked out, was unconscious and things. And still, they telling me these things, but it still hasn't sunk in yet. The next day I get up for the first time and I didn't have to go to the bathroom because they had the thing in my thing, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> so <laughs> I um I go to the bathroom. I just want to like see myself, mm-hmm. and I got a one like on a permanent marker on my forehead. Yeah, and they said I was supposed to be the first person to die that day, wow. and nobody removed it off of my forehead, right? <gasps> so, but then it really made me look like, what is that? Like, what is, what is death? Is it an end? Because that's really the ultimate fear. The ultimate fear that feeds all of the fears are, is our unsureness of life after life. Mm-hmm. And I realized, like, life is a celebration in itself. Mm-hmm. If I don't spend time, if I'm at the party and I'm not partying, why am I here? Right. Why am I why am I here? Why why am I ruining somebody else's mood? And then we have to realize that um our bodies vibrate. Like our bodies vibrate. Our bodies make sound even if we can't hear them with our naked ear. Our bodies make sounds. They vibrate and people can feel those vibrations. And some people have powerful vibrations. So if my mood shifts I, I sometimes I feel like my mood can have an impact on the moods of people around me. Definitely. And and sometimes it's more so than others. So I got a responsibility to my tribe to keep us to keep us in a in a positive mood, you know? Like you might be losing the game. Yeah. You can't be the one that looks defeated. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's just how I look at it. So you facing your pain, your feelings. It's like a a ripple effect, you know, like helping other people do that for themselves. I just want to be an example. Mm -hmm. I just try to be an example. I can't say I'm helping people, 
or not helping people. That's for people to decide. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's like I'm trying to get better. Yeah. I'm trying to get better at it. I'm not perfect. I'm trying to get better at it. The better I can get at it, the more I'm able to sustain my joy. Because you have to feed your joy, too. You just can't wake up and everything is just a blessing. You have to feed your blessings. You have to feed your blessings. And the only way to really feed your blessings is to produce more blessings for other people. Mm. So I have this very, like, give, 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 poor, 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 poor. And allow other people to kind of, like, figure things out on their own and not be so harsh or so judgmental on others. And... You know, it's a journey. Mm -hmm. It's easy, though. It's easy if you avoid serious connection with people. What do you mean? The more serious connection you develop with someone, the more you care. So like attachment? Attachment. So a part of me, I'm able to detach from a lot of things and look at them from a perspective of, like, the outside looking in. But once you're on the inside, boy, it flips. Yeah. It flips. Yeah. What about you? Because a lot of the things you're saying about me, I feel like you hold those same types of qualities. Which ones? I just don't see you really... Like you said, all of the different things that's going on, the positivity poses, is that what mm -hmm. you said? Mm -hmm. The positivity poses, mm -hmm. you know, all of the, the negativity that's out in the world, all the narratives spread to help this negativity become mm -hmm. a bigger beast. All of these things are going on, but you still seem to maintain a positive outlook on life and living. Thank you. Um, It's definitely like... Active work, um, being what I want to see, like I want to see vulnerability and transparency. I want to see I'm not always feeling okay, but everything is going to be okay. Mm -hmm. um, I want to see people uplifting others, um, living their best life and expanding and extending themselves. So, like, I try to be that and have a great support system. Just a lot of people who genuinely love me and want the best. I have people praying for me. You know what I'm saying? It's really <laughs> not me. You know, my nana, my ancestors, they were really praying for me. And I can feel that, like, my angels be working overtime. You overtime. know what I'm saying? Like, overtime just favor. This morning I almost got in a car accident. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I, like, zoned out. You know, and so I'm just like, that wasn't me. That was my angels, you know. So it's, it's really not even me. I think God just has his hand on my life. And I'm just like doing my best. Like you said earlier, try not to challenge myself with my thinking. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because there's some things you can't think your way out of it. You have to be. You have to be. Yeah, and be in the flow and trust that God will like guide you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because you can paralyze yourself. Mm -hmm. Like you can you can bring paralysis to yourself by just overanalyzing things, overthinking yes. things, where in reality, like we are supposed to move. Yeah. We are supposed <laughs> to move. Got okay, we you got it? Okay, mm. good. <laughs> I'm sorry, Peter. <laughs> I'm sorry, Peter. Who's Straight Peter? up. Who's Peter? Peter the people who when uh people used to like wear furs and stuff. Uh -huh. Like they the they the animal protectors. Got you. You know, gotcha. I don't think they care about bugs, though. <laughs> but, yeah. F them bugs. F them bugs. Straight up. But, <laughs> but nah, uh, what was I at? 
Sorry, I lost. I lost. I was so happy that I got that joint. Right? Like, yeah, me too. <laughs> I thought it was a. I thought that joint was just a team win, right? Right. There. The, we were talking about flow being. Being. Oh yeah. So, whatever that was. Let's shift <laughs> gears a little bit, right? Because another thing I always, another thing I see you talking about is romance. Yeah. What are your views on romance and love and all of those things? Uh, so do I talk about romance a lot? I don't even, I, and I'm so glad you're having this conversation with me because I'm like, how do people perceive me? Because I just, I don't even be knowing what I'm talking about. But I, oh, because we were talking about hopeful romantic. Hopeful romantic. Can you explain that? What do you mean by hope? What does it mean to be a hopeful romantic? So I know hopeless romantic. I think that idea is just like, I don't care what happens. Like, I still believe in romance. Like, I'm hopeless. I'm endlessly romantic. And I'm just like, I just hopeful. I just, I think that just shifts gears. It's like, there's not, from a lack mindset. You mm. know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not empty without this, like, whatever romance I'm dreaming for, I'm not without. You know? So hopeful, like, there is love. Love is here. You know what I'm saying? Um, What is it? Eckhart, not Eckhart Tolle, but like um, Deepak Chopra just talks about just like what you want to receive, you have to give it. Yes. What you give, you receive. You know what I'm saying? I want more love. I need to give that. And I think you experienced that. Like you're focusing on love so much, you're opening your eyes to all the love that is there and, you know, consequently like attracting more. But all that to say, I'm so I love romance, but I think that has been a roadblock because I'm like a romanticism and like just like fantasy, and mm. I think just not realistic, and then also judgmental. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, having my own traumas or whatever, blocking people as soon as it looks like anything that I've experienced, or like I would just get really anxious if they're not like texting me at a certain time and just make this story that they don't care, <laughs> you know, like just all of that and just having to work through that. And more recently, I've gotten better at just like, okay, I'm noticing this um, attribute, but that doesn't mean you're a terrible person. Nobody's perfect. And I've been able to experience the beauty of that. Like, wow, like you're more than what I thought you were. And being able to experience more love because I'm showing love without the judgment, but I could only do that by loving myself more. I, I'm so, If I'm so critical of myself, I can only do that with you. You know what I'm saying? If I'm so like judgmental, leaving no space for error, I can only do that with you. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So that has been, I don't know if that answers your question that's about a good, That's a good, it's a good contribution to the to everything because you also talk about self-love, you know? And yeah. I feel like we have to get familiar with love and adornship, you know? Yeah. Like what if you, what you mean by adornment? Adornment, like to adorn things. Um, I know Miguel has that song. Let my, mm. you. <laughs> let my love adorn you, baby. Don't you let them hang. I sound like Alicia Keys and Jesus, right? <laughs> I think I sound like a little smash up. Mm. You know, Jesus. And Do you mean Mariah like courting or? Courting definitely is definitely corning, but it's more so like performative love. Like, Love is a love is a performance too, and 
like any performance, you feel certain things when you see someone perform well. Like when mm. somebody can sing, you feel it in your bones. You know what I mean? A good poem, you feel it in your bones. Like good love, you should feel in your bones. But mm. that's adornment. That's like when you really feel like someone cares for you. Like, yeah. Like when you really feel like someone not just cares for you, but someone wants you to know that they care for you. And I think that is something that we can only fully maximize when we learn how to remind ourselves that we care for 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 this. Yeah. Like I am not my body. Yes. I'm being the light. But I gotta I gotta treat my body good. Like yeah. I'm in a relationship with my body. You know, like you be in the gym every day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I got I'm in a relationship with this thing. I gotta take care of it. Like I have to give it the right things. It's mm-hmm. about giving, right? Yeah. Like it's about giving, but we give ourselves poison daily. So if you can't treat this, if you can't treat the body that God gave you right, yeah. how can you treat a body and a mind and a spirit yeah. and a soul that's external and foreign to your existence. Yeah. How can you treat that right? How can you show that thing love? How do you even know if the love that that thing is showing you is real if you've never truly experienced it in the most intimate way possible? The first yeah. relationship we have is between mind, body, and soul. Yeah. What do you think about commitment, like committing to one person? I think commitment is I think commitment requires like all like all things that are special and rare it requires an extreme amount of discipline yeah it requires an extreme amount of discipline but at the same time I do feel like people go about it the wrong way I think people lead with the expectation like it's like you do this for me and I'll do this for you or I want this yeah so you need to show me that you can do the things that I want yeah. before I can like you. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't replace experiences you have with people. Mm. You know what I mean? You can't replace them. You can't replace those trips to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. You can't replace those trips to places you've never been. You can't replace those times where you might have been facing trauma you experienced in the past, or you might have come face to face with a new trauma, mm-hmm. and that person was there for you. Yeah. You can't replace those things like that couples that's been together for 30, 40 years. Like they had been through so many things together for you to try to mimic that love without going through those experiences is a mockery to courtship in itself. Like you can't replace those things. Like I really think it's very important that we reanalyze what it means when we say friends first, because yeah. those experiences are required to become friends, too. Exactly. You can't force friendship either. Yeah. I can't tell you I love you if we ain't been through nothing. Yeah. I want to love you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I think you cool. I think you fly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think yeah. you cool. I think you fly. I enjoy your company. But for me to commit to you before I know um, what you being in my corner feels like when I'm having a hard day. Yeah. When I'm having a hard day, will you keep my day good? Will you prevent it from being a bad day? Will you help me on this journey that I'm going to? Mm-hmm. Like, you got to walk first. We got to walk first before we could just run through the world together. Yeah. Because a lot of times I think people commit to strangers. And in the end, something strange happens. Oop. Yeah, I feel like 
especially because society and growing up in Christianity, you know, you're just taught you're waiting till marriage and then you're with this person forever. And that's the covenant and that's it. You know what I'm saying? So I think I just kind of like was living like that. But then now I'm like dating around and now I'm just like, what am I waiting for? I'm waiting for the soulmate. I'm waiting for the one and not, nobody is the one. So it's just like, I'm not even creating space for the friendship, for like the stages because I needed to be the soulmate level first. <laughs> and so now that I'm like open my opening myself up to the dating and to the process, now I'm like, how do you know when you're ready to commit? Because people give you different things. You know what I'm saying? No, This person, maybe they give you like the physical intimacy or this person gives you the emotional connection, emotional intelligence, or you know what I'm saying? So it's mm-hmm. like, how do you know to commit, you want to commit to this one person? You know what I'm saying? I feel you. I just, in my experiences, the, the fake drop off like flies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like you gonna you gonna separate the platinum from the white gold at the door, you know. But at the end of the day, you are the one. Mm. Like you are the one. Like I'm I'm so happy. Not, like I like me. Mm-hmm. Like I be really digging myself. <laughs> I took myself to the Burner Boy concert. Yeah, on, on Sunday. I had How was a, that? I had a great time. Mm-hmm. Like I love doing things alone. Mm-hmm. So. The thing with me and commitment is, it's like, you you got to, <laughs> I'm good alone. Right, you got to add to that. <laughs> like, right. You got to add a little spice to it, you know? Like, but I've also been blessed to have been, to have experienced love from another person in my life. And a lot of people never, ever, ever experienced that. So once you know what it looked like, Someone can't fake it. Can't fake it. Mm-hmm. This is not something to be trifled with. Like yeah. you, it, again, adornment. Like adornment. Like, and then it's also. I'm also into like. I got I had a period where I was really into like um, enlightenment, Italian literature. Ooh. Uh, it's one book in potential in particular. Uh, it's called Orlando's Furioso, Orlando's Furioso, um, by Ludovici Ludovici Ariosto 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 is his last name for sure. <laughs> what is it about? It's it's a it's think a Game of Thrones mm-hmm. basically, right? But before you even get there, it's a, it's this thing called the Book of the Decorum. Mm-hmm. In Italy, which teaches young men and women how to be knights and ladies. Mm. So, like, I think a part of it for me was becoming a knight. Like, becoming a man that every woman would love. Yeah. You know, like, it's certain orders, it's certain, it's certain ways, it's certain duties that comes with being a man. It's more duties for me that comes with being an African-American man. You know, like, I have duties to the world, but I also have duties to African-American women. Mm-hmm. You know, like, to kind of reverse some of the narratives and some of the things that we see in this grind culture that we're dealing with on a daily basis. Because everybody's impacted by it. Mm-hmm. 
And again, we all are supposed to be leaders. We all are supposed to be pushing the narrative and in a way that evolves how we are going to be remembered by our peers and people outside of our communities for years and years and years and generations to come. Yeah. So like just thinking about how can I become the best man possible and that will make me the best partner possible. That will make me attract someone who's interested in being um that counterbalance. Yeah. I like full people. You have to be full. Like you have to be full. Even if you're damaged, you have to be full. You can still feel a broken glass, you know, like to be full is, is, is a journey that we all on, but to, but we still pour out every day. So Mm -hmm. we need to be refilled. So a lot of things for me with, as far as commitment comes, who can refill me, who can Mm -hmm. nourish me, who can help me develop into the person that I want to be. Do you feel like that's challenging to find nowadays? I don't think it's challenging to find. I think people have to do it. it. It's not like, it's not something that we can do in a freeze frame. Like six months, have you made me better? Right. Like it's got to be a constant, constant, constant reconnection, a constant, constant reconnection, a constant and constant strong connection. I just don't think love is something that can be faked. Mm -hmm. And I think the effort that goes into adornment and that goes into showing love is something that also can be faked. Yeah. You know, to be genuine is a beautiful thing. Yeah. I mean... I and sometimes they're being genuine, but you still don't want their love. I mean, but unpopular opinion, unpopular opinion. Sometimes people are just specialer. Specialer. That's my favorite word. Specialer. Hey, don't laugh, Eli, because I say it often. Like specialer. Real talk. Like it's a lot of people living in the age of the Bible. What do you mean? It's a lot of people, like, around the time when the Bible was written. I grew up in a Christian household, mm-hmm. too. Like, my, my grandfather was a minister. Mm-hmm. Like, it's some mad people in the Bible. But everybody not David. Everybody not Jesus. Everybody not Samson. Everybody not is... Not Bruce. <laughs> everybody's not... Everybody's not, it's some people who are just specialer. Yes. Yeah, God loves favored. everybody equally. But some people have a special duty and a special responsibility. And I feel like people who occupy that type of space sometimes have a very difficult time finding a partner. Oof. Do you, can you sense people who you feel are special with? <laughs> I had the most humble, I had the most humbling experience, I would say, my junior year of college, because I had an extreme God complex. Like, I knew I was a descendant of David, straight up. (laughs) Straight up. I knew I was a descendant of David. No doubt in my mind. Then I met a man who I thought was specialer than me. I met another human being. I was like, this dude is specialer. Yeah. He's a big piece of humble pie. But it also it also motivated me. Yeah. Like, because we we'll get caught into believing like the world is full of terrible people. But but many are called and but few are chosen, and even fewer are ready. Oof, that is a fact. I mean, that's just what it is, you know. So yeah. like, for, for for those people who just feel like 
they have this divine property within them, this divine providence within them. They know that it's something about them that just resonates with the souls and spirits and minds and vibrations and bodies of people around them. Like, don't be mad if you haven't found that person yet. Mm-hmm. Don't be mad. It's only a few of y'all maneuvering around the world. Don't feel the pressure to settle for something less than your essence. It's only a few of y'all walking around in the world. I feel like spitting poetry right now. <laughs> Life is poetry. Life is poetry. When you when you have a purpose, the whole thing becomes a big ass story. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, I can't fail. I can't fail. That's like Superman failing. Mm-hmm. Like, nah. I might have took an L. I might have took an L that day. <laughs> might have took an L. But it's 82 games in a season. Baseball, 160-something. That's insane. Football, 17. Make it to the playoffs, you get an extra three or four. Like like you said, can never look at, um, you can never look at life from a position of lacking. You know, and abundance doesn't always mean that it's so many wins, things, you know what I mean? Like sometimes you are the abundance. Like sometimes it could be a hundred people in a room. It could be 99 people in a room. You're the hundredth person in a room, but you filled it. It was incomplete until you showed up. And you don't even got to be the last person in that bit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Okay, we can begin. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I got this habit of walking into places like it's my birthday. I love that. <laughs> I, woke up like, oh. I love that. <laughs> I love that. But it's your birthday. It's your motherfucking birthday. Drake voice is really your birthday. I tell people all the time, it's your birthday. Mm-hmm. Don't even trip. It's your birthday. Yeah. That nigga tripping, girl. It's your birthday. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you get just the little things like that, little affirmations like that just remind me like uh you're special and rare. Be that. Be that. You don't see special and rare things with everything and everybody. Mm-hmm. You don't. Then it wouldn't be that. Yeah. You have to be, I think, being favored, being, you know, like intentional with your romance. You have to be okay with solitude. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You have to be really okay with solitude and Sometimes you're going to enjoy it, you know? Sometimes, like, you're going to enjoy it. But sometimes you feel like, man, like, I wish I had the choice. I wish I, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying, but you, but it's. Because this is what I mean. That's what I mean. Talk to Because there'll be sometimes I'm just like, I could easily call somebody up, you know what I'm saying, and come over. That's not what I want. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you're choosing this, like, Short-term goal versus long-term goal. You're like, you're like, I want that intentional versus easy and well, available. Many, but it's many long-term goals, though. It's like, it's many long-term goals that another person's company can help you manifest other than romance. Like, mm-hmm. And people being That's comfortable living outside of romance is very important. Like, you can be interested in somebody. You could be attracted to somebody. You could think that somebody is the one. But are you comfortable enough removing the romance to really figure out, Ooh, like, that's good. why was this person brought to me? 
How do you do that? How do you remove the romance when you have the attraction? Honestly, the way that I, the way my method, my process is that I'm constantly grinding. Like I'm constantly working. Do you even have time for romance? But, but the romance, I don't need no, I won't need no time for it. You know what I mean? No. Cause everything is supposed to make sense. Like my favorite, well, one of my favorite movies was the Twilight Saga, right? Okay. <laughs> and he got, and I ain't gonna lie, it was this one line, bro. Like where he he was talking about um before I even get there, because I ain't gonna <laughs> go there. But things are supposed to be as easy as breathing. Things are supposed to flow like water. Like I'm most comfortable when I'm working, when I'm being creative, like I look at myself like Ariel Stowe. I look at myself like the great artist. Like, cause that's that that's the type of that's when I feel most myself when I'm being creative. So like if I got somebody who's trying to keep me company, like I gotta see how you fuel my creativity. Yeah. You know, like So like the romance is in y'all living life together. The, yes. How do we live life together? Because romance could be a distraction, too. Facts. Like, you could be so caught up in a romance that you end up spending a lot of time with somebody you don't even necessarily like. Yeah. You, I've seen people fall in love with people they don't like. Somebody just told me this. Like, after a couple of years of dating their boyfriend, they're just now liking them. And I'm just like, what does that mean? Real talk. My parents were married. My parents been married for thirty something years. I know they. I I know for certain my mother did not like my father until like three or four years ago. <laughs> Real talk. That's insane. I would see them every day. My mother. My mother used to get so tight. My father's a wild one, but like, I. They were attracted to each other. They loved each other, and they had kids together. So I saw them really work it out. Like, I saw them really, like, figure it out. You know, two people who are just in different lanes. My father's yeah. super wild. My father's super spontaneous. My mother's the most rational person in the world. Yeah. Like, I saw, like, I saw fire and water, like, mm -hmm. battle, you know, non-stop you mm -hmm. feel me but then i seen the fire and the water i, I seen it condense mm -hmm. like I'm thinking the condensation i'm a science nerd mm -hmm. but i seen it condense you know and i seen the humidity that it caused you mm -hmm. know like and i seen this air around them be able to hold more heat it's like a beautiful thing now yeah. to watch but it was super functional for the family dynamic that we had. Although the romantic dynamic might not have been there on a familial level, it was super functional. So it's like, can I help my partner function? Mm -hmm. Can I help you function? Life is crazy. Mm -hmm. Living life crazy. Forget those diseases, forget the violence, forget all of these things. Just being in the world, literally alone, for real. It can it's a traumatic experience within itself. And then you add in all of these other caveats to society, the fact that we need money to survive, the fact that we have to work 
to get the money to survive, the fact that we have to build skills or get certifications or be get pre fulfill prerequisites or be qualified to go get the money that we need to, to go get a job to go get the money that yeah. go spend the money on the things that we need. It's a traumatic experience. Like, how does someone compliment or make life easier for you? Yeah. Like. Do you make life easier? Don't come in. Don't even pull up on me if you ain't about to make my life easier. I do not have time for nobody who's not making my life easier. Because if somebody is around me, rather your friend, family, or enemy, I'm going to make your life easier. I think there's like making it easier, but then there's also still challenging you. You know what I'm saying? Like I saw this one post. You know, people think soulmates is trying to pleasure you and fulfill your fantasy when really it's supposed to trigger you and bring you to your highest spiritual self. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So it's like, yes, in that one sense, there's flow and there's comfort. But I think in another sense, it's your mirror. Mm -hmm. And it's helping you to face, like, look at all the ways you're blocking yourself. Look at all the ways, like, you were hindering yourself or thinking in a way that you know, wasn't serving you. I just feel like it's your mirror. Things you don't like about yourself, you're seeing reflected like, wow, like, look, I haven't accepted this yet, you know? And that I don't think is easier. I think that's challenging. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. But sometimes, sometimes finding a challenge is challenging. Mm -hmm. Finding somebody who can challenge you in that way is a challenge. Signing yeah. somebody who motivates you to the beginning of our conversation mm -hmm. in that way is challenging, you know, because sure. we all need, we all need that. Muscles don't grow bigger unless you challenge them. Mm -hmm. When's the last time you felt challenged by like a partner or somebody you were dating? Oh, what? <laughs> Get into it. Get nah, into straight it. up, straight up, straight up. Like, I was, I'm like, real talk, um, trying to think how I want to approach this question. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I had someone recently who, brah, every day, like, forced me to look at myself and, like, audit myself. Because I have a, my ego is the size of Mount motherfucking Rushmore. It is ginormous. Like, yeah. and I need to be checked. <laughs> I need to be checked. Somebody gotta check me. Like, yeah. if a woman's not powerful to check, powerful enough to check me, we ain't got no business hanging together. Yeah, because I'm gonna run all over you. I'm gonna run all over you, and I'm gonna manipulate you, and, and all of the things. Like, I only can deal with powerful women. Yeah, I can only have space for powerful women in my life because. Personally, I don't think it's a man powerful enough to move me. Like, yeah. <laughs> my spirit is just too foundational for that type of masculine energy. But it's something about like that feminine energy. Because that's the challenge that I've always had, like, especially again, being a black man in America, born in the inner city. Like, I have a, I was always challenged tapping in into that femininity that exists within me. Like, I love that you said that. Like, there's femininity and masculinity in everyone. In everyone. I love that you said that. In everyone. We all, we we are, literally, we are all sperm cells that inhabit an egg. 
Right. <laughs> like, yeah. we are all sperm and an egg. Yeah. All of us. Like, all of us are man and woman. I, wow. I don't I don't get into gender conversations because literally everybody is both. This is just so validating because I have been feeling that a lot lately. Like, I have been feeling aware of my masculine energy because, like, I think people really perceive my feminine energy, but I've been feeling more aware of my masculine energy and just like being afraid of it almost. Because mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, I don't want to, I don't know if I'm a boy, you know, but I'm like just accepting that, accepting that I'm literally everything. And, you know, the idea of pronouns and they, them. So I think that's so cool that you said that, like tapping yeah. into your own femininity. Real talk, like tapping into your own fem- femininity. You know, now your your sexuality for me is a duty, you know, mm-hmm. your sexuality is a duty. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's second grade all over again. <laughs> One plus one <laughs> equals two. Like, right? Like, Beyonce voice. Right? I got nothing. S- sing that shit. I got you. Hey. <laughs> Straight up. Real talk. Yeah, you know, that beehive just dropped. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just like five different subjects in like Real a talk. minute. <laughs> but, you know, but like this idea of femininity and masculinity, this idea of balance. Yeah. Period. Um, in my department, we talk about God a lot, mm-hmm. and we always talk about God as this androgynous being. Yeah, and to see yourself as androgynous, you can be androgynous and be heterosexual. Yeah, like, exactly. Who you prefer to have sex with has nothing to do with how you view yourself in the scale of masculinity and femininity. Like we have to remove certain concepts from other concepts because things get conflated mm-hmm. and it causes a lot of confusion with people when people are scared to be who they are because they feel like they have to be something else. Yeah. Like I, I'm, I am who I am. I feel how I feel, but the world is telling me how I feel is something. Yeah adding meaning to it so you feel like you got to change it it's not even it's adding meaning and it's adding collective to it like you are like all of those people mm-hmm. or you're like all of those people you are you like discover the intricacies of who you are and like how you manifest and how you express yourself and what are these energies doing for you like and it's also this thing of osmosis when your body lacks one thing another thing will overcompensate to make up for it so a lot of times when i see people who super oh i'm super Feminine, feminine, or I'm super this, that, and that. It's an imbalance, you mm. know. Like it's an imbalance, and and a realignment needs a realignment. The journey of realignment needs to begin, and that's for everybody. Mm-hmm. Like literally, no one. I never speak from a perspective of privilege because I'm not privileged enough to have that perspective. I speak from somebody who's in the war. Like, mm-hmm. I'm in the battle. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm in the battle of balance. And understanding that it's like sometimes, and my ego, to me, the ego is a masculine phenomenon. Think the ego is masculine? I think the ego. I look at the ego and I see a sperm cell trying to beat the millions of other sperm cells to get into this egg because I'm trying to live and I'm trying to show niggas what this sperm cell is all about outside this egg. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And I think every human has that. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. But then, like, 
you have the egg. Mm-hmm. I drop. I drop once a month. <laughs> it, it, ain't, it ain't that. You can find me. You know, <laughs> you looking for me? You know where to find me. Made the best one. Made the best one win. You feel I'm me? I'm not for everybody. <laughs> I'm not for everybody. You know what I mean? Like I'm not for everybody. Cool. It's that reserved. It's that. It's that tempting. Yeah, you know, like we are all temptress. We all can be that because you know you're the prize. Like everybody's coming for you. You know yes. what I'm saying? You don't got to chase it. They're coming for you. You know. Yes, yes, yes. You gotta make space for it. Yes, and I tell people you gotta be the prize and the champion. Mm-hmm. Be the prize and the champion. Win yourself. Win you. Can you win you? Like. Real talk, you yes. are in a battle within yourself right now. Yes. Love is war. Yes. Uh, I want to get that tatted. I want to get that tatted on my neck. On your neck? I know. I'm going to wait. On your neck? I know. I want to get it like right <laughs> Love is war. It really is. I love what you said, battle of balance. I think about that like all the time. Like Everything is everything. You know what I'm saying? Because I just feel like we just love labels. We love to like constrict things to this idea. And God is like, I'm going to challenge that. And like mm-hmm. that, that's why everything is the underdog. Everything is like, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna save the woman who is a prostitute. Or, you know what I'm saying? It's like challenge all your ideals with these conflicting things, these contradicting things. So you can't fit into one, you know, one box. It's everything, you know, yes. balancing feminine masculine balancing being the leader and being silent you know what i'm saying like all of that you're literally taking on all of those different roles and it can be exhausting sometimes like man i really am everything and nothing you know Whew, everything and nothing that is uh that's definitely a good segue into another thing that's been on my mind lately where I don't think I don't I don't believe in I believe in truth, but I feel like truth is something beyond us. Facts. Like I don't believe we are capable of producing truth. Mm. Mostly because I don't believe nobody know nothing. Yeah. Like I'm I, I've been really into science and physics lately. And I'm watching um another podcast. And they said, what if it's a group of people who understand energy outside of combustion? Mm. Like how our whole idea of energy is formulated comes off of combustion. Mm -hmm. But what's the problem with that type of energy? When you produce combustion-based energy, it produces heat. So the more energy you produce, the more heat you produce. But if you produce too much heat, then it will implode. Mm -hmm. it's when you see rocket ships blow up or something like that because the more energy you produce the more heat is being produced or if you run in the car you just got that thing you got that (laughs) thing open you feel me like it's producing heat or if you on the phone you got your video playing on your phone for too long it produces heat and your album will be like yo Mm-hmm. My cameras that we use for this podcast, mm-hmm. they'll shut off if yeah. they get overheated. When you're producing energy, you also produce a fire that makes you ineffective, you know? So, so like, I've been thinking about this idea of knowledge, and then I even think about words. Exactly. Oof. Eckhart Tolle talks about that. Like, 
once you spoke, you already kind of marred the truth a little bit because it's mm-hmm. beyond words. It's you know, of, but we still have to speak because you know we're sharing it. Mm-hmm. We're sharing what we, but just sharing it with the knowledge that this is a piece of it. You know, that's real. And you stole it. Every word you speak is stolen. Mm. You might have remixed it. You might have used it in your other context. You might use it with words that you stole from another place. Mm-hmm. I don't even. If I want to get to know somebody, it don't even matter what they talking about. What do you mean? I can collect. I collect data from the word selection mm. people use. Like, cause if you know certain words, that mean you know certain shit. Mm. <laughs> you feel me? Like, or you if you know about certain things, that mean you from a certain place. You know, like if I hear somebody say something like, right. if I hear like um. I'm trying to think. I'm going to come get you on Saturday. Oh, you been to D.C.? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I hear somebody talks about, like, uh, existentialism, I'm Mm -hmm. like, who you been reading? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I can pick up on things from just listening to somebody and tracing where they got those words from. Those words come from a certain place. Those words have a history. Those words have a track record. Every word we use is an NFT with a code mm-hmm. that traces back to where you got that word from. Language can be a powerful thing, but it also makes me realize that nobody knows nothing because everybody <laughs> is stealing from somebody else. <laughs> well, what about the prophets? You know what I'm saying? Where they had that, um, what's the highest thing that you reach? Uh, you know the levels, the levels like the levels of consciousness. Um, yeah, like the monk they reach the what's the highest level where you you know what I'm saying? I don't know. Let's look. That okay, up. so um, enlightenment. Okay. Okay, so what about like the monks or the prophets? Where Buddha, for example, he didn't reach enlightenment from somebody teaching. You know, he was under the tree. The apple hit him or whatever, and like he got that internal knowledge. What about that? You know what I'm saying? That yeah. was was that stolen as well? But if you ask Buddha, Buddha, what do you know? What do you <laughs> Buddha, mean, Buddha? What do you know? Yeah, if you ask Buddha, Buddha, you enlighten. What do you know? Mm-hmm. Like what is truth? Buddha's gonna say, I don't I know, don't know nothing. Right. <laughs> what was that? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It get back to the same thing. Yeah. Like it's a it's a like everything and nothing. Like you said, it's a comfort in knowing that you know nothing. Yeah, that's fact. Eli got questions in it. What, what Eli? Uh, the thing is, it's like somebody say, I don't know nothing, and it's like humbling yourself. Which I I love saying I don't know anything. You know, I don't know if it's humble. I think it's just you're just aware. You you may know something in this moment, and then God just show you like He only knew a piece of it. You know what I'm saying? I don't know people's that's, intentions. That's real. Eli asked if when people say um, I don't know nothing, do you think it's them being humble? Um, it all depends, right? You know, Humble's context is 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 definitely at play exactly. there. But at the same time, like we are in a we do live in a culture where people feel like they have to have the answers. Or even worse, people cannot know the answers, think they could go on their phone, type in your question, and give you, a, again, steal somebody else's answer and give it to you. Yeah. I love what you said earlier when you were talking about love of just like, you're trying to mimic 
or create love without the experience. I had a friend who would tell me about that. Like, you know, you're trying to teach these lessons, have this knowledge, but you don't have the experience to actually know it. Cause there's like maybe understanding it, you read it in a book and there's having that knowing, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, Oh, you can, you can say love never fails. You can say that all the time, but you don't know it until you experience like, wow, like, I was nothing and they were there for me and they didn't need to be. Love never fails. You know what I'm saying? Love never fails. And you could read a book about sailing a boat, but that don't mean you could get on that joint and go across the Atlantic Ocean. Yes. Um, you could read a book about how to play football. Goodwill hunting. Mm-hmm. That was that whole like battle. Um, the student, so a genius, knowing everything in these books, but never lived it. Never mm-hmm. felt love. Never felt you know, the river on his skin, you know what I'm saying? Never tasted this. It's like that knowing in the book versus really feeling, you know. Facts, because when you experience things, you get that contextual evidence. Mm-hmm. Like you get that things are this way, but sometimes they can go this way. Mm-hmm. Like it's those little, little anomalies that can't be accounted for. And it's the ability of the freedom of the things around you. That can't be accounted for unless you can unlock that a similar level of freedom. You know, mm-hmm. um, I love I love sports, so I make a lot of sports references. So they've been asking guys like, who's the hardest person to guard in the NBA? And everybody's answer has been Kyrie Irving. And everybody's saying Kyrie Irving is because like with most players, they got a move or two moves or three moves. And you can kind of like know what they about to do. But Kyrie got counters to counters to counters to counters to counters to counters. He has so many different moves. But all of those things is anticipation for like just the abilities of the things and people around you. Like, mm-hmm. And you can't get familiar with the abilities of the things and people around you unless you step into those environments with other people and other things. Like it's a, a book. Book is a, is is a, is beautiful, but it's a world outside that book. Mm-hmm. It's a world outside that book. You give me if I got to choose between book smarts and street smarts, I'm gonna choose street smarts if it's if I have to depend on it, mm-hmm. you know. But at the same time, like it's never too late to get into the books if you're in the streets, and it's never too late to get in them streets if you're in them books mm-hmm. because the again, everything gets back to that balancing act. You know, what you know and what you've learned, like what you know and what you're learning. Like I love a good book. I read a lot. I read I read way too much. What you reading now? I'm trying to get through Becoming Supernatural. Oh, I've heard good things about it. What did you what do you think? So far so good. My sister read that. I struggle with books that give you like plans and stuff. Really? I just like the wisdom. I just want to receive the wisdom. Right. I don't. I some don't. people, some people need the plans. You know yes. what I'm saying? Like, all right, you're telling me the ends of the universe. What am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that's, that's people are different. You know what I'm saying? Some people like it's in you. Like, wow, it clicks. Bet I know what to do with that. And some people are just like, I have no idea what you want me to do with that. You know what I'm saying? So I love that. Yeah, I can respect definitely it. respect that. You know, I, I like that joint. Um, and I'm reading another book, but it's like on some uh, divine feminine sexuality type situations. Uh-huh. Like, I like to research. <laughs> <laughs> What's it called? Oh, let me get the name of it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> 
I like the research. He said he likes the research. <laughs> I need to do some research. My homie said that. My homie said that because one of my homies put me on to the Kundalini. What is that? It's um like the flow of energy. Mm-hmm. And it also deals with divine femininity. That's really that's what I need to learn about divine femininity. Yeah. That's what I want to learn about for sure. That's where a lot of my energy has been directed to, uh, just because that's the portion that I didn't really understand. I was raised by a lot of strong men. Mm-hmm. I was raised by many strong men, and like they all gave me wonderful, beautiful lessons. So. It's like they couldn't teach that femininity. They could hold oh, no them them. I, I was I was raised around old heads. Mm-hmm. A lot of old heads, World War Two vets, Vietnam oh, wow. vets. I used to play poker when I, I've been playing. I've been playing cards and stuff like that since I was eight nine years mm-hmm. old. So I was always raised by those guys. So, like lately, I just been again. I'm in this battle of balance. So I've been really focused on um, equipping myself with what I need to win the war. Yeah. What is what is the war that you're fighting? The war. The war of balance or the war of something else? It's it's the war of repetition and reputation. Like every day I'm going to wake up and perform. You know, I'm going to go and perform Maurice every day. Every day I'm going to perform who I am. Perform Rich every day. Perform who I am. But, um, and based on my performance, a reputation is going to be created. People are going to remember me for my performances. Who was I? Who am I? How did I treat them? And I like to be conscious of situations. And I like to walk into place as my full self. But sometimes, uh, especially in a world full of distraction, things like that, we're blocked from certain parts of ourselves. So the battle for me is just kind of like uh, discovering all of the elements of me. Mm -hmm. I want to discover every part about me. Mm -hmm. Like I I got this life. Like I woke up in this body. Like... Like real talk, like I woke up in this body yeah. and it's like figure it out. Yeah. It's like figure it out. You could do whatever that what you could do whatever in that thing. Mm-hmm. Figure it out. So that's the battle to me. The battle is like it's so many jewels and totems that's left behind for me to recollect. You know, and I also on the flip side, I also feel like um a king who was robbed of his kingdom. Like, I know I'm a descendant of a pharaoh, mm-hmm. descendant of David. Like, I know I'm amongst them people, you know. But then you had the Mayafa, 400 to 4,000 years of racial disenfranchisement, uh, discrimination, oppression, enslavement, all of those things. I was robbed of my kingdom. This mm-hmm. is a story of reclamation. Mm-hmm. This is a story of the return of the prince to his promised land. Mm-hmm. Like this is that story. This is that battle. This is that war. But you can't return to your homeland without something to enrich the soil. You 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 don't go back with nothing. 
don't go back and leave the people worse off than when you was gone. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm trying to manifest a community. I'm trying to manifest a village. I'm trying to manifest leading a community in a village. Mm-hmm. What type of leader am I going to be? I'm not going to just be a leader of men. I'm be a leader of men, women, and children. So, like, what parts of my childhood do I have I fully addressed and understood? Mm-hmm. What parts of that divine femininity have I fully addressed and confronted and understand? What part of my masculinity have I fully discovered and understood? I done been toxic at various <laughs> points in my life. I've been toxic at various points. Them college years, bro. Them college years were full of toxicity, bro. I graduated from college, undergrad, and I became a jeweler and uh, I was a stylist. I was with style people with clothes that me and my brother was making. So like, it's pretty women everywhere. Like, they interested in me. Like, I ain't really got to say nothing or do. I was toxic. Mm-hmm. But, like, again, I feel like all of those things were necessary in, in this battle, mm-hmm. in this development, you know, because you can't speak on things you haven't experienced, you know. And I re- even in my classroom, like, I relate to my students in a different type of way. Me and my students connect in a different type of way because I done lived a lot of life. I done lived a lot of life, and I live life with the intention of learning. Mm-hmm. so I can teach others, which is also the battle of being an educator. Like, I can't just live life just to live it. Like, I have to live life, and I have to bring something back. This is divine mercantilism. When we go to other places, we 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 start to understand the value of their resources, and we bring those resources back to the mm-hmm. motherland. Like, this is the this is the battle. This is the journey that we're on, you know? It can't be underscored, and it, and it can't be overwritten, you know? Got you. What's your battle? I feel like my battle is for love. Like I told y'all she be talking about love. Y'all. <laughs> I told y'all. I know. I'm like, I sound like such a hippie. <laughs> my first tattoo is love never fails. You yes. know what I'm saying? Like, just understanding love and... I love what you said, discovering me. Mm -hmm. Everything is within me. You know what I'm saying? Everything I'm experienced is from within. You know what I'm saying? So learning about love of self, I think, is the core and love of others. What is love? What's love in action? Um, That is my battle. Definitely love. And then, you know, I'm very empathetic, so it's hard for me to... Like, just see all the stuff that's going on, and but I don't want to be ignorant, you mm-hmm. know. And, and I think, you know, we're all different parts of the body, you know, like the Bible talks about, like, body of Christ, you know what I'm saying? We're all different types of body, we all have different gifts, we're all meant to serve in different ways. And, you know, the doctor there, it doesn't bother them dealing with blood and guts, you know what I'm saying? Like, and that's their gift, you know what I'm saying? But then there's somebody who's a good orator, a good scientist, whatever. But for me, like, you know, seeing the police brutality, 
like imagine you're, you know, the mother of Breonna Taylor, like maybe the bitterness you might feel, the hatred you might feel. Um, maybe that's helped you to spearhead the mission for Black Lives Matter, but maybe that hardens your heart towards white people. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And like, if we're all children of God or whatever, like maybe that's not your calling, you know, but there's some people like Will Smith or whatever, where it's like, white people love you too. So maybe you can show them and teach them some lessons or whatever. So it's like, what does that love look like? And um, I don't know if that makes sense, but just like learning how people show love. So, you know, I have a show too, where I just love interviewing artists because I get excited hearing about what other people are passionate about, you know, just seeing it in their eyes, seeing it in their work that they're doing, you know, they're not really getting anything from it. You know what I'm saying? They're not getting paid to do it yet. Maybe, you know what I'm saying? They're not really getting acclaimed, not a lot of supporters, but they're doing it just for the sake of it. You mm -hmm. know, like when you're looking for that reward, that's not love. Like the, you're like, yeah. when you're looking for something, the outcome, that's not love. So it's like just looking what love looks like for other people, how it's expressed. And, you know, I just feel like God shows us love and everything as a, in a garden, you can see God, you know what I'm saying? Like in sports, you can see God and, building an architecture you can see God so I just feel like my battle is just like seeing and expressing love and of course ego gets in the way I think I have a big ego too I remember <laughs> I'll never forget this and if like I get this clip I always mention this one of my friends he picked me up from the airport I went to visit him in Atlanta and he was sick we later found out he had COVID you know what I'm saying he's sick he's literally like laying his head against the window and I'm mad at him because I'm just like I literally came here to visit you and you have the audacity to be sick you got the audacity <laughs> you got the audacity I was mad at him I was like you like don't I feel like he he wasn't um investing in our friendship and all this stuff and he's literally picking me up from the airport and taking me to our other friend you know what I'm saying and he just he had no time for me all he says is like you're so entitled and I was just like excuse me and like, but I always remember that. I always remember that. And I always will remember this. And I'm thankful that he said that because that was, that was love. You know what I'm saying? Like, just charge. like, that was him checking me, you know? Yeah. Because when everybody loves you, you used to people bigging you up and you used to tell people, people telling you how amazing you are. So it's so, it's such a blessing when you meet other powerful people so they can check you. And it's like, yeah, you're amazing, but you can be better. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So he was like, you're entitled. And I just was like, excuse me. And But he was so right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've been spoiled. You know, even though my parents didn't have a lot of money, like, they love me so much. And I think that's the richest thing you can do. You feel invincible when you come from love. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I just grew up in a home of love. So I just really felt like I was owed everything. Yeah. <laughs> that's real. You know what I'm saying? But that, I feel like, is that battle of just... What is love? And like the answer changes, but right now I just feel like love is acceptance. You know, I think we come into these relationships, like, like we said, like, like a, like a contract, like you do this and I'll do this for you. You know, mm -hmm. like you make me feel this. And as long as you do that, I'll do that for you. And you be this idea. I'll love you versus like, um, seeing people and like, Okay, and accepting. Yeah. Okay, you kind of ugly in the face, or you have a little a limp, but it's okay. Or you kind of your breath. Kinda I walked sick. in here limping. Yeah. <laughs> I walked in here limping today. With or you know knee. what I'm saying? Like, talking about me, y'all. 
But you know what I mean? Like, you're not, you know, you're not Barbie and Ken. Like, you're a human being and you maybe this isn't your strength and you see that and you're no longer pretending, you know, because you're not trying to make this story like, oh, we we get to look good in pictures and we get to perform and we get to be the couple goals. It's like, no, like, we, we, like, match each other. We match each other in our weaknesses and our strengths. And I feel like that is like the purest love. You know, I feel like my family, they really show it. Like when I'm having like, you know, anxiety and depression and just in the pit and them just seeing and not trying to change me, not trying to hurry anything, but just being with me. That's like the purest form of love. You know what I'm saying? That's so. Real. Yeah. That's real. That's real. That's real. That's real. Oh man, we had we had a good discussion today, you know. We had a good discussion. Time flew by for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, you know. And I just want to truly thank you and, and say I appreciate you for making time and making space to come thank and visit you. us today. You could have been anywhere in the world. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and um for everybody who tuned in, uh, I'm so it's in- live. <laughs> nah. Oh, is he talking oh, like oh present? No. <laughs> oh no, me lie. I only like when people face. I only like when people Facetime me in public. Really? Cause I say whatever. Yeah. I'm a whateverer. I say whatever whenever. And that's good. People want to hear whatever. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. The you good. You good. You good. But before Nia, it's like, no. <laughs> but no, nah, real talk. For the people who tuned in, the people who watching Rap Review on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever, it doesn't matter. I just want to say, like, I'm, I truly appreciate you, you guys lending an ear to this conversation. I call this show Divine Dialogue because I really believe these level of conversations could help someone reach a place that a lot of the content that people are creating in the modern day just doesn't aid in the bet. And when you're able to find wonderful people in the world that you can have these types of conversations with you is truly a blessing. When you have people who tune in and listen to these types of conversations, it's truly a blessing. So I just feel overwhelmed with joy, love, and I hope we are reciprocating that same energy and feeling to you all. With that being said, love, peace, and blessings. We will be back. Hopefully, Nia comes back to talk to us again. Definitely. And that's it, man. And I'm an artist, too, so. Yes. Invite me straight up. Got we, you. <laughs> yo, we out. Love. <laughs>